I'm Stacy. And I'm Jane. And you're listening to Unexpected, Unexpected Things with Jane. With Jane. <laughs> you know what? That's that's the best we're gonna get over a video call. Alright, welcome back to another episode of Unexpected Things with Jane. It is July 2nd, 2020. And maybe the most unexpected thing about this podcast episode is that we are doing this virtually. Another unexpected thing, um, as we know, is the death of many black unarmed people in the past few months. Race and racism are very much at the forefront of our minds. We're mourning the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Richard Brooks, Elijah McLean, and so many more. I feel really unqualified to speak on this topic, so what I'll do for y'all listening, I'll just share four resources that have helped me better understand uh, the different forms that racism takes and how I should respond to it. The first is How to Be an Anti-Racist by uh, Ibram Kendi. I highly recommend that to everybody. Um, the next three resources are for my Christian brothers and sisters. Uh, go to YouTube and look up IB- IBC Q&A with Pastor Bobby Scott. Um, really informative, really helpful. Another good one, The Sermon Racism and Corporate Evil, A White Guy's Perspective by Tim Keller. And uh, the last one is an article by Micah Edmondson called, Is Black Lives Matter the New Civil Rights Movement? So those four resources, check them out. I hope you find those thoughts to be as helpful as I did. With that being said, we're going to shift gears. I have uh, my good friend, Stacey Jew with me here today. Uh, High school friend, piano prodigy, med student extraordinaire. Do you know what we're going to talk about today, Stacey? Uh, uh, you gave me, like, a little heads up last time, but I don't know your specific question. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, when it comes to race, like, we're not gonna pretend to understand what it's like for black people in America, but mm-hmm. we can tell you what it's like to be a Korean-American. So, today's True. question <laughs> is, is fan death real? Do you believe in fan death? <laughs> so, actually, funny thing, I've heard some other... Korean parents say that, but my parents have never said that, and I actually, like, recently I heard that, and then I actually went home and asked my mom, I was like, oh, my, like, have you heard of how, like, if you sleep at night with a fan on, like, you might die, and she was like, what are you talking about, and I was like, oh, you've never heard of it, and I was like, oh, thank goodness, (laughs) (laughs) so my parents are unconventional in that sense that is very (laughs) unconventional because um yeah so okay funny story the first time i heard about fan death was actually in college where my chinese Uh friends were like hey you're korean do you think this is real and i'm like i literally don't know what you're talking about so i go home (laughs) i ask my parents i'm like oh my i'm like if you sleep next to a fan in the middle of the night is that gonna kill you and she's like oh not a fan but like ac will kill you so she's like interesting yeah she's like people get and i'm like how is that possible and she's like pneumonia of course so So, you know if someone asks me like do you believe in fan death i'm not gonna give them a yes or no answer but i'm just gonna say i'm not gonna try it man i'm not gonna risk my life for your experiment okay what is your favorite part about being a korean american i i love being korean okay kp all the way i i don't know what that is oh my korean pride stacy KP, oh how can you not? Okay, oh I'm so gosh. glad we we're having this discussion. But you know, like, Korean people, when they see each other on the street or something, 
there's like we know each other there's that unspoken <laughs> connection it's that connection you know it's like our radar goes off and we're like kp radar we're like, it's like, strong. Yeah, the kp radar goes off basically let me tell you so um, I go to a church that's mainly Chinese, right? Literally, the Chinese yeah. side is called like Chinese Church in Christ. So I get really excited when a Korean <laughs> I see fellow Korean people because it's very rare. <laughs> so like one day that this girl, shout out to Anna if you're listening, <laughs> she comes in it's our first time, and I'm like, my KP radar is going off. I'm like, that girl, I she she looks like she's Korean. She got the Korean vibes. So I go up to her and I introduce myself, and literally the first question I ask is like are you Korean? <laughs> she looks at me like, mm-hmm. oh, weird. Like, that's not something, <laughs> that's not something you ask when you first meet a person. But she said yes, and then I was so proud of myself that I was right. I think part of it has to do with being, like, a relatively smaller Asian population. Like, even in the Bay Area, honestly, we don't have that many Koreans in the Bay Area. So I think, like, when we do encounter each other, it's like, oh, it's like an opportunity f- to share our culture, basically. So this was a pet peeve of mine. I, I really hate it when someone makes an assumption about me and they're right. Mm-hmm. Like, that just bugs me. So so one time, some, some person comes up to me and they're like, oh, so you're Korean. I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, so that must mean you eat kimchi every day. And I'm like taken aback, right? And I'm like, first of all, how dare you? Just because I'm Korean and then I stop. And I'm like, wait, let me think about this. Actually, <laughs> I do. <laughs> like, I eat kimchi almost every day. And I hate that you're right. You know what I mean? That reminds me. Do your parents have certain quirks, just like Korean quirks in your family? Quirks. Like, for example, um... every single time my dad sneezes, he'll like sneeze and then he'll go, he'll go like, I would chicken there. Which means like, oh my gosh, I think I'm gonna die. And when I when oh I gosh. say that in English, it's like so extra. <laughs> but like you don't get second you don't you don't give second thought to that as a Korean person. That's just something people say. Uh, uh I don't know if we necessarily have like quirks in that sense. I, I don't know, I can't really think of like anything specific, but you know, just the general idea of like you know, my mom's always like, Oh, like, are you having cramps? You should like hold like a warm heating pad next to your stomach like dude that's the worst warm like like you you shouldn't sit on a cold metal chair it should have a cushion right like don't sit on cold surfaces and um or like certain foods are like good for you during like hot weather okay here's the thing i feel like asian people can kind of use any reason to justify any cause right so let's say for example it's hot (laughs) it's hot right so it's like Oh, you should, like, eat, like, watermelon and, like, cool drinks to keep you cool, right? Or, like, eat some papingsu or something. But also, there's, like, eochiyo, like, beat the heat with heat. It's like, oh, you gotta eat, like, burning hot tamgitang to, like, sweat it out, yeah, and that's gonna make you yeah. cool. You know what I mean? So, in high school, uh, when we heard about affirmative action, I remember a group of friends being pretty angry and, like, pretty upset that this mm-hmm. was a thing. Um, because... We felt like I worked really hard to get to this point. And so, like, why does my position need to be ousted for someone mm-hmm. else, um, for a different yeah. minority? Um, and yeah. so that that was in 2012-ish. Eight years later, what do you think about affirmative action? I mean, I think, like, back then, you know, as, like, teenagers we just had a much more like limited worldview at the time with all the academic pressure and everything like 
yeah, we, we felt like, oh, that's not fair, like, whatever. But I think, you know, like, having kind of gone through this whole higher education pipeline now, it's like, you look back, and I think for us, we, now we look back and we're like, oh, it didn't really matter for us, because for us, like, whether we went to one college or the other, like, we had the tools we needed We'd be okay. to eventually succeed. But for the people who are receiving the positive effects of affirmative action, these are people who have not had the same types of resources and opportunities. And so for them, it's like a huge stepping stone to be able to have this opportunity. Whereas for us, it's like, we'll go to one school or another. It's, it's fine. We have the tools, basically. And we'll be okay. I think you're right. I, I think affirmative action is important. Like, the way that the system is set up, right? Asians were set up to succeed, basically, in the States. Because you're coming in on the H-1B... Um, for high-skilled niche jobs, and so... Well, I mean, see, the thing is, though, I think that that's only the Bay Area. That's true. There's, like, there are a lot of low-income Asians in, like, L.A., New York. In fact, like, I believe in New York, it's, like, one of the highest, like, poverty levels for Asians. Like, I mean, if, like... If you just go to Chinatown... Okay, let me tell you a story, okay? This is just kind of random, but basically when I was uh, looking to buy some shrimp for my aquarium, I went on Craigslist and I found someone who was selling the cherry shrimp at a cheap price and they looked good. So I was like, uh, not looked good. It was like they were pretty. I'm not, I'm not eating these shrimp. Right, they're not juicy. <laughs> they're just, they look so, healthy. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go buy some pet shrimp from this guy. And so I contacted the person and... He was, like, some maybe, like, mid-40s-ish Chinese guy who, like, showed up in front of, like, a pharmacy to meet me. And he, like, led me up the stairs of one of these, like, you know, these, like, janky-looking apartments. And, like, obviously this was not, like, a wise decision on my part. I probably shouldn't have met a right, stranger I, I, and I'm just going to say, like, I'm so happy you're still here and that you're alive <laughs> and that we're talking right yeah, now. I was going up this staircase and thinking to myself that this looked like an apartment building in movies where people die. And like, uh, it was just like this stairwell that was like very dark and kind of, uh, like I wasn't sure, I was like, okay. Um, but anyway, like I did successfully get my shrimp from him. He had like, he basically, it seemed like this was like his, an apartment that he just rented out for the sole purpose of having aquariums in it. He had like a lot of fish tanks and a lot of equipment in there. He's literally and, like, just he was, like shrimp farming there in apartment yeah, 203. And, and, you know, he also did, like, tell me, he was like, next time you should never meet up with someone from Craigslist by yourself. Always bring a friend with you. And I was like, okay, okay, just give me my shirt. <laughs> like, okay, let me um, get out of here. <laughs> but, like, these are, like, pretty, like, these are very, like, impoverished areas. And so it's, like, going back to what we were talking about, that's my, my shrimp side story. But basically, like, there is actually quite a bit of variation, even within the Asian American population. Right. And, like, on one hand, I do think, like, most of us from the Bay Area, we are in, like, you know, the H-1B type parents, blah, 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 like, that kind of thing. Parents generally with, like, higher education, like, et cetera. But the downside of that, though, is that there are a lot of Asian Americans who definitely have not had those kinds of resources growing up, and they kind of get, like, brushed over. Yeah. There's also this, it seems like a divide between, um, let's say, like, Chinese uh, Koreans and Japanese immigrants 
and, and mm-hmm. I'm just speaking very generally, as opposed to like the Filipino community or Hmong, mm-hmm. Samoan, Tongan, yeah. like Pacific Islander, like mm-hmm. in, in general, there's, I think you can see a big economic and social disparity there. Mm-hmm. And I think I forget that as an Asian American. So it's very nuanced. Um, and it's like, yeah, you got the model minority myth, but who are people thinking about when they think of the model minority? It's usually the yeah. East Asian immigrants. Mm-hmm. So, Stacy, if people wanna wanna follow you, wanna see your your shrimp, wanna hear more of your very profound thoughts, what's the handle they can follow? Probably nothing. None of my personal things. The only uh, non-personal thing I have is the Instagram for my shrimp. It's Mr. Shrimp. M R period S H R A M P. But the problem is that these shrimp aren't even with me now. So, like, I have access to the account, but I'm not gonna be posting anything for at least a year. <laughs> Well, that is a wrap for today's episode. Thank you for joining me all the way from ATL. If people don't say that, I'm going to make it a thing. I think it's cool. Yeah, I hope y'all got a kick out of this. Um, I have no idea when the next episode is going to be. I told myself once a month, but you know what? Things change, as we have seen. So (laughs) thank you for listening to Unexpected Things with Jane.